This is Craig Colquitt, former punter for the University of Tennessee Volunteers and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you are listening to Total Sports Recall Podcast, a part of Sports History Network. Now, here is your host, Harv Aronson. Welcome to the Total Sports Recall Podcast and another special interview. The fight song you heard at the start of the show is that of my alma mater, North Hills High School. Today's guest hails from not just from the same hometown as yours truly, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but he's also a North Hills High School graduate. My guest is Steve Fidel, born and raised in the Westview section of North Hills in Pittsburgh. Steve is the son of Charles and Betty Fidel and one of seven children who all happened to be boys. Steve attended St. Althanius Cease. I might have mispronounced that name, but he'll correct me afterwards. Uh, elementary school before going to North Hills High School, where he graduated in 1976 as a linebacker for the Indians of North Hills. Steve was the recipient of several athletic honors in his four years at the high school, specifically most valuable player, all state for Pennsylvania, all Western Pennsylvania interscholastic league team, and was an all area team selection. Steve earned a full athletic scholarship to the University of Pittsburgh, where he majored in economics. At Pitt, Steve lettered all four years he played for the Panthers and became a starter in his freshman season. Steve played in his four major bowl games, the Gator Bowl, Citrus Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, and in his final season, the Gator Bowl again. While at Pitt, Steve's teams finished 11-1 twice in his junior and senior seasons, and in 1980, the University of Pittsburgh was selected by the New York Times as the number one team in the country. After leaving the University of Pittsburgh, Steve signed on with the Pittsburgh Steelers as a free agent and played two seasons before an Achilles tendon injured, injury ended his career. On a personal note, Steve's the proud father of two children, Austin and Colton, who, like their father, are residing in Westview in Pittsburgh. Steve, as a fellow classmate, I'd like to welcome you to the Total Sports Recall podcast. It's an honor to have a fellow graduate on the show and one that not just played major college football, but that also made it to the Pittsburgh Steelers roster. Thanks, Harp. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, always great to uh, talk to one of the North Hills alumni. Absolutely. Um, I've always been proud of where I came from and the schools I attended, and, uh, you know, I followed your career closely. Um, You made the school proud, no doubt about that. Uh, I've always wanted to have you on the show, and here we are. So let's start a conversation by going back to your high school days. I clearly remember going out on Friday nights to Martorelli Stadium, watching you and the team play home games, and us fans carrying on that tradition of holding up four fingers at the start of the fourth quarter and chanting four. I believe Gus Nauman was your head coach then, but correct me if I'm wrong, and then tell our listeners what you remember most about being one of the most standout players during your time at North Hills. Yeah, well, Gus, he was a coach up until my sophomore year, and then Earl Check came in uh, as the head coach my junior and senior year. But, uh, you know, the thing I remember about uh, the high school football was the, um, you know, the fact that we played under the lights on Friday night. The fans were fantastic always. The stadium always had a full crowd, uh, which is awesome uh, to see from the community. 
And, um, uh, you know, hey, I had a bunch of great teammates as well, you know, and uh, as everyone knows, uh, football is a team sport. One guy can't do it by himself. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, fortunately, we had a lot of great players on the team. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we certainly had our share of success over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, your first year at Pitt was uh, 1977. Uh, the Panthers finished 9-2-1, and one, eighth in the country, defeated Clemson in the Gator Bowl, 34-3. to three. And then 1980, your last year at Pitt, you closed out your college career as a starting linebacker, and the Panthers soundly defeated South Carolina in the Gator Bowl, 37-9. As a senior, looking back at your college career and reflecting now, what stands out most for you considering your days as a linebacker at Pitt? Well, again, you know, I go back to my teammates. We had some of the uh, best players, I think, in the entire country uh, playing at Pitt uh, at that time. You know, Marino was a quarterback, Hugh Green, Ricky Jackson, uh, Bill Neal, Jerry Borski, Mark May, Russ Grimm, uh, Jimbo Covert. Uh, I mean, we had, we had terrific, terrific players and, uh, you know, it, it was a shame to see what happened to Pitt uh, after Jackie Sherrill left because he had built such a great program. The recruiting and so forth was was just really phenomenal. And when he left, uh, new administration took over at Pitt, and uh, things just didn't go so well. And, mm-hmm. th- uh, you know, quite frankly, they've struggled ever since, you know, yeah. to get back to that relevancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know uh, two years ago when, when Pickett was a senior, you know, which I think was either his fifth or sixth year, uh, you know, which is really amazing to me today. I, you look at some of these players that are playing in college, they could get they could become a doctor by the time they're done. They're in there for seven, eight, nine years now. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. You know, where That's we went in in four years, you were done. Uh-huh. You know, unless truly, unless you were hurt. But, uh, you know, we, we again, going, going back to the teams, I mean, we just had some terrific, terrific players. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had a great coach in uh, uh, Jackie Sherrill, who, uh, you know, we still talk to to this day. He comes up and we get together for different events and so forth. And, uh, you know, it was it was a pretty awesome atmosphere. That's great. Yeah, and some of those names you mentioned was going to be the next thing I was going to ask you is because while you were at Pitt, you played along. Some some of those big names that were your teammates, a lot of them went to the NFL. The first one that comes to mind, though, is obviously Dan Marino, who also hails from our home city, a Central Catholic high school product. But you got to share a locker room with guys like you already mentioned, Hugh Green, Jeff Pelusi, Jerry Boarski, JoJo Heath, Ricky Jackson, and, of course, Marino. And Pitt sent many of these players to the pros. But for you, what was it like to play with some of those guys that made a major impact in the NFL? Yeah, again, you know, I mean, hey, uh, like we always said, we all put our pants on the same way, you know. So Mm -hmm. we all got along great as teammates, and we played for each other. And, uh, you know, it was a shame the two years, uh, my junior and senior year, you know, we lost to North Carolina. I think it was the second game of the season. And then we lost to Florida State my senior <laughs> excuse me, my senior year in the middle of the season. And, you know, like we said today, if they would have had the college playoffs, I guarantee we'd have had several more national championships because yeah. 
You know, mm-hmm. you lose one game, you were out back then. You know, it took a miracle to end up, you know, exactly. winning the national championship. But uh, yeah. today, you know, you lose one or two games to get in a playoff, you know, you can still mold your own destiny there. So, Yeah, I'm a strong believer in that playoff system because, I mean, even back in your day, you had to rely on somebody's vote, sports writers' vote yeah. to be named. That's exactly champion. right. And I think I don't even think they include enough teams in the playoffs these days. I think we're up to four or eight now. Is it? I can't remember if they've added. Yeah, I think it's four right now. Yeah. Uh, or I'm sorry, I think it's eight right now. But they're supposed to expand it to 24. I think in the next year or two years. Yeah, I mean, you run basketball with 64 teams. Why not have more football teams playing? Uh, yeah. For a championship. Absolutely. It doesn't make any sense? Yeah. So you mentioned Jackie Sherrill, and and he's he's a legendary coach, no doubt about it. What was that experience like? Can you expand a little more on that? Well, I mean, he was an OBS coach, but uh, he always had his players' best interest at heart, and he was a terrific recruiter. You know, when he was there with Johnny Majors, he was the one that was instrumental in bringing Tony Dorsett to Pitt. Uh, he camped out over at Hopewell High School, and, you know, uh, the rest is history. But Jackie was a terrific recruiter. He knew talent. You know, he recruited a bunch of undersized kids, but he was able to project where they could be, how much weight, strength, and different things that, you know, they could put on over time. And, you know, he had a uh, he had a terrific run. Uh, I think from a winning percentage, I think he's the winningest coach of all time over at Pitt. Uh, but he was he was truly a uh, an amazing coach and uh, still an amazing guy to this day. I mean, he is really a, uh, a a great great guy and thrilled that I played for him. Yeah, how many years has he been retired now? Last coaching was at uh, Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that was probably 15 years ago now, maybe. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Johnny Majors because um, recently on our on my show here, I had Craig Colquitt on, and he played for Johnny Majors um, at Tennessee and uh, sent me a photo yeah. of him and Johnny Majors. Um, so back in your days of Pitt, I remember it very well when I was watching football back then – Pitt and Penn State used to have a fierce rivalry. Do you recall playing in any of those games? Oh, sure. <laughs> any standouts? I'm still sore from some of those games. Really? Yeah, I mean, it, they were the hardest hitting games. It, You know, uh-huh. in a regular game, it probably took you two or three days to get over to soreness. When wow. we played Penn State, it took us over seven days to get over to soreness. We hit oh, so hard. Goodness. That's crazy. I mean, it I was mean, just, that used to be uh, such a great just, rivalry. Ah, it was tremendous, tremendous uh, rivalry. And it was always, I we used to always play them like the day after Thanksgiving, you know. And uh, it it was always a, uh, a tremendous game between the two teams. But it's a shame what's happened with college football and, mm-hmm. you know, all these conferences. And, you know, you got teams yeah. like West Virginia. they got to fly out to the West Coast to play their opponents. Sure. And I just think it does a big disservice to the fans, you know, instead of having all these teams playing local, you know, where the fan can get in the car and drive somewhere. Now they're flying all over the country. And I just think it's a travesty. 
Oh, yeah. I, I think it's ridiculous the way they've broken up these conferences, like teams that were in Big Ten moving out of the Big Ten. It makes no sense. Uh, they no. want to play for another conference all because of money, really. It's what it's all, yeah. what it's all about. And it's a shame yep. because Pitt and Penn State were such a great rivalry. And, uh, oh. you know, I mean, I know Pitt still plays West Virginia, the backyard brawl, they call it. Um, yeah. You, you played in those games, right, against West Virginia? That's another rivalry. Yeah, West Virginia wasn't very good when I played. Yeah. We used to slaughter them every year. They were, yeah, they were well, not very good. I uh, remember the first game we played when I was a freshman. Jackie uh-huh. Sherrill, we were in the locker room, and he said to us, we were about ready to go out and take the field. He said, do not take your helmets off. We said, <laughs> wow, what's the problem? He goes, you, they are going to bombard us with stuff. Oh, no they way. threw so much stuff at us on the field. They had to delay the game a half hour so they could clean the field up. You know, they were throwing really? cans, bat, whatever they get their hands on, bottles. Oh, my gosh. And it was at that old stadium they had down there, you know, so the fans oh. were right on top of you. Yeah. But thank God, we I think we beat them that day 44-3. to So wow. we cleared their stadium out around halftime. You know, they figured they better <laughs> go downtown and start drinking. Yeah. But that was a better option for them. Yeah, they've got quite a reputation there, University of West Virginia, as a party school. Yeah. I mean, it, when I was back in our day, it was <laughs> really bad reputation. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the worst schools. And I'll tell you, we went to Pittsburgh recently, my wife and I. We drove up through West Virginia, and that is like one of the worst drives uh, yeah. to go through. It's such yeah. a it's a big state. But uh, um, so some of our listeners may not be from Pittsburgh, so they may not recognize your name. But anyone listening that's a North Hills High graduate like ourselves and from the mid 70s will know you and your opponents that might be listening. Uh, they might remember your name for sure. With that said, your name will live on in one area. And for that, I congratulate you, Steve. Even though this happened in 1999, you were inducted into the North Hills High School Hall of Fame. That must have been a huge announcement for you. Oh, it was, it was great. I mean, uh, you know, I was very humbled by the, uh, uh, by the honor and the fact that, uh, you know, the high school recognized me, you know, it, it, there's not a whole heck of a lot more I can say about it, but it, it was a great honor and, um, uh, you know, I, I very much appreciated it. Well, you definitely earned it. And being in that Hall of Fame puts you in some rather good company. I mean, LeVar Arrington, who played linebacker like yourself and had a really good career with the Redskins, also graduated from North Hills High School when he's in the Hall. Tom Dornbrook played for the Steelers, offensive line for several seasons. Zena Herman's an amazing swimmer. I also knew her. She was inducted in 2000. Then there's football coach Chuck, uh, Gus Nauman and Major League Baseball playing Chip Lang and Buffalo's excellent defensive back Mark Kelso. That's some pretty great company you're a part yeah. of. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, hey, you know, there's there's a lot of great players and, and athletes that came out of North Hills, you know. As, as you know, Harv, back in the day, you know, our graduating class was 850 students. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we had some big classes, and I'm sure, you know, yeah. you guys were 800 or so. Uh, we were like 836 or something like that, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so we had, we had some big classes. So, you know, naturally, you're going to come across some athletes that, you know, in that size congregation uh, of people. And, uh, you know, so I'm not surprised uh, of, you know, how many great athletes that we had to come out of the school. Uh, But, yeah, those guys and gals were all 
great athletes. And again, I'm very honored to be part of the, uh, the high school hall of fame. Yeah. Well, I'm a little guy. So everybody always asks me, you know, I, I be, I'm, I'm not too bad athletically, but uh, you know, back in high school, everybody said to have said to me over the years, is how come you didn't try for any sports? I'm like, are you kidding me? I said, we had so many great <laughs> athletes at that school. I didn't stand a chance. I think I tried out for baseball. Yeah. Grade and it, it was not even close. I mean, there was too many other great players. So, uh, you know, our high school's always had a reputation to have some really good yeah. athletes. Um, but one name I like to mention that's also in the Hall of Fame is Ed Krankovic, and he was put in posthumously. I, I don't know if you knew Ed or his story, but those who were students in North Hills at the yeah. time can never forget what happened. Well, he was with two other friends just so we can remind listeners who we're talking about. He was on vacation with two friends and he drowned in a hotel swimming pool and he's in the hall because of his basketball skills. One of the best players in the history of Indian basketball. And to this day, he might be one of the saddest days in the school's history. Uh, it sounds like you knew Ed and you knew his story. Yeah. I mean, I, Eddie was uh, several years younger than me, but I did know of him. Uh, he actually went to the same uh, grade school that I went to, St. Athanasius. Oh, no kidding. Um, wow. And by the way, that's how you say it, Arv. Athanasius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew I messed it up at the beginning. That, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, but, yeah, I, I knew Eddie, a great young guy. Uh, I knew his older brother, Tony, uh, who also okay. had played basketball as well at uh, yeah. both St. Athanasius and also at North Hills. But uh, mm-hmm. that was a very, very tragic situation. In fact, when I, when I learned what had happened, it, it was devastating. I, I couldn't believe mm-hmm. that, uh, mm-hmm. that that situation happened. I mean, it was just a yeah. – uh, a real shocker to me. Yeah. And I felt and terrible I still, for his family. Absolutely. I mean, it was really a dark day at North Hills at the school. I mean, it was very, very sad. He was such a nice yeah. guy. Everybody, everybody really liked the guy. And he was really a really good basketball player. So it really was yep. a shame. Yes, he was. So growing up in North Hills, one of my neighbors was also an outstanding North Hills athlete. Actually, I'm surprised he wasn't in the Hall of Fame, but you can see if you know this guy, uh, Mike Rubino. He was a WPIAL champion wrestler, 155 pounds. I think he graduated in 74 or 75. Did you know Mike? I I, I know the name. I didn't really know him personally. Uh, but yeah, I, I do recall the name. Yeah, he was a really good wrestler, lived just up a couple of houses away from me, and uh, his father was an outstanding wrestler at Penn State. Uh, Mike followed up uh, and went to Pitt, actually, Uh, but he didn't last because he had an injury, I think, and um, couldn't make the team after that. Uh, But, yeah, so I always thought that he might be in there because he did win the WPAL championship at his weight. Um, So... Well, let's get to the final chapter of your career, Steve. You were on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and obviously, being from Pittsburgh, anybody, I always say anybody that's from Pittsburgh is not a Steelers fan. There's something wrong with them. Uh, once you're a Steelers fan, you're always a Steelers fan. I know your injury cut your career short, so tell us about that. Well, I mean, you know, I, I was sort of shocked uh, that uh, I wasn't drafted because several teams had said, hey, we're going to, you know, pick you and such and such around, blah, blah, blah. But in any event, the draft went by, free agency opened up. And so a bunch of teams were interested. And um, 
you know, I said, hey, if I'm going to do this thing, I may as well do it in Pittsburgh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, rather than go out to San Francisco or Philadelphia sure. or one of these other teams. You know, I said, hey, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I had a lot of confidence in my abilities. and mm-hmm. So I signed with them. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the first year whenever I was playing, I, I, uh, I had a uh, partial tear to my left Achilles. So I, they ended up, they put me on injury reserve. I went into a cast for, I don't know, 14 or 16 weeks and got the thing to heal up. And then I ended up, I practiced for a couple weeks after that uh, through the end of the year and went back the next year. And in training camp, I totally severed the tendon in training camp, the same tendon. Mm-hmm. And so after I had it repaired, we met with the doctor and Chuck Noll, and the doctor said, Steve, that tendon is never going to hold up. Uh, you know, we put it together best we could, but it was in pretty bad shape. And wow. he said, the position that you play because you push off on it, you know, and so he mm-hmm. said, it's just not going to hold up. Mm-hmm. So Chuck Noll said, hey, what do you want to do? You know, it's up to you. If you want to try mm-hmm. to come back, you know, we're more than glad to have you. I said, you know what? Wow. I'm ready for business. And yeah. so, you know, I, I went into the business world and, you know, fortunately everything worked out great over there. And, mm-hmm. But it was good. I mean, the Steelers were very good to me. And um, I actually helped them do some scouting after I got hurt uh, wow. with Art Rooney I Jr. I would fly around to different schools, uh, you know, and meet with uh, some of the players that uh you know were high on their draft list and uh wow. you know i went to the senior bowl with those guys and you know met with a bunch of the players and different things and art actually wow. wanted me to stay with the team in the scouting department no i said you know what i always made the commitment to myself that once i was done playing i was going in a totally different direction you know and sure uh, I still get together with him from time to time. And he says, you know, you would have been a general manager, but I said, hey, it's nice of you to say that. <laughs> who the heck knows? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you kind of answered what was going to be my next question. But, you know, a lot, of, a lot of players don't get the opportunity to stay where they're from. So I was going to ask you what it, what it meant to you to make your hometown team. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, – you know, it's always a dream. Hey, if you can, you know, you go from North Hills to Pitt. A lot of people said, hey, why'd you choose Pitt? I mean, I, my two mm-hmm. choices, it came down between Pitt and Penn, or Pitt in uh, Michigan. Um, oh. And I remember I had to call Bo Schembechler at the hospital. He had just had a heart attack. Uh-huh. He was in the hospital recovering. Oh, uh, But I had promised that I would let him know as soon as I had a decision. You know, because back mm-hmm. then the recruiting was so much different than what it is today. And, you know, sure. uh, they would be camping out at your door. They would try to invite themselves to dinner, mm-hmm. you know, and everything else. So it was mm-hmm. a mess. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but anyhow, I had to call him at the hospital and tell him, you know, that I was going to pit. And he was very gracious about it. He goes, hey, I wish you nothing but the best. And if things don't work out or whatever, mm-hmm. you can always call. But, uh, sure. you know, people ask me why I went to Pitt. And I said, you know, hey, time, Pitt was one of the top teams in the country. I mean, very uh, high-profile team. Uh-huh. And, 
I said, and the other thing is I had six brothers and they all wanted to watch me play. And it was a lot easier doing it in Pittsburgh than it was having those guys drive four hours, six hours, eight hours to watch me play. Uh, I had all my support infrastructure here and, you know, so it was great. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I just wish I would have stayed healthy. You know, the unfortunate thing is I really never had any severe injuries in college at all. And uh, then I get to the the pros and pump. I have that Achilles issue. And, and the doctor was right because 20 years after he operated on that, I played touch football for about three minutes and I tore the same Achilles again. Uh, no way. Are you serious? Wow. Yes, sir. And I said, yeah, a group of guys, they said to me, hey, let's play touch football. We were at my oldest son's uh, at a baseball picnic. I said, no, really, I'm going to pitch horseshoes and drink beer. (laughs) (laughs) And so they convinced me, and like three minutes into it, boom, I'm down on my back. Oh, no. One of the guys said, I think he twisted his ankle. I said, no, it didn't. I said, my Achilles is shot. Wow. I was operated on the very next day. And then two years ago, I did my right one. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah, so unbelievable. What a mess. So how how's your body holding up these days after all the football? Yeah, I mean, I've, I have my share of bumps and bruises hard, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, for the most part, I, I can't, really can't complain. I can basically do whatever I want to do, right. which I think is a bonus because I see some of the guys that played and they're in pretty oh, yeah. bad shape. Yeah, yeah. One of the names that comes to mind is Jim Otto, who played long before you, but that poor guy was in such yeah. awful shape after his football career was over. Uh, yeah, he could like, barely get out of bed in the morning. Uh-huh. I think he's had knees replaced, hips replaced. Yeah. I mean, what a mess. Um, one thing I just thought of before was the fact of um, you still knowing Dan Marino and everything. And if you talk to Stewart fans, they always – curse the Roonies and the and Chuck Dole for not drafting Dan Marino. They would have loved to kept him in Pittsburgh. And everybody says if he had come to the Steelers as the quarterback, we'd have many more Super Bowls than we than we have now. Have you ever talked to him about that? Not playing for the Steelers, not getting drafted? Uh I, I don't I don't talk to him about that. I mean I Dan and I have a great relationship. And the, I'll tell you a funny story is that when he was coming out of pit in eighty three that was the time that I was helping the Steelers doing some scouting. Huh. And uh, they had asked me about all the rumors about him. And I said, they're all a bunch of BS. I said, you know, yeah. people are trying to say he's taking this and doing that. I, I said, it, it, it's ridiculous. I remember that. But in any event, if you'll recall, they drafted Gabe Rivera. <laughs> that yep. year <laughs> he was a defensive tackle out of texas tech yeah he's a uh, story but they had debated for a good portion of their i don't know if they had 15 or 20 minutes for their first round selection between mm-hmm. rivera and marino wow which one they were going to take uh-huh. Only reason why they didn't take marino is they thought they had bradshaw for another three to four years and then uh, if you'll recall, he hurt his elbow that year, and that was it yep. for him. Yep. If they would have known that 
in the draft, they would have definitely taken Marino. Wow. But well, they, the they fans, really thought they Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. really thought they had Bradshaw for another three or four years. Well, if you talk to Stewart fans, the story I've heard is that Chuck Knoll did not want to draft him, but the Roonies did. And that was where the debate was. So I don't know if there's any truth to that, but that's what I've heard. Yeah. I, like I said, I know they debated it. I don't know who wanted who or didn't or whatever. But uh, as I said, the, the big thing was they thought they had uh, uh, Bradshaw for another three or four years, that they didn't have to address the quarterback situation, that they needed a lineman, you know, yeah. And you know, in a uh, uh, much more critical uh, way than what they needed a quarterback. So, right. And, and for those who don't know the Gabe Rivera story, he's another tragic story with yeah. him because he was in the car accident that paralyzed him. I believe yeah. it was from either the waist down or neck down. But um, and then I understand that he just passed away a few years ago as well. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and his accident was over on Babcock Boulevard. Yeah, I remember that very clearly. What a yeah. shame. It really was. Uh, uh, no, because he was a great player. And, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know, he would have done extremely well playing with the Steelers. But uh, like you said, it was just that accident was just terrible. I, I think it was in his rookie season, wasn't it? He was a rookie or it second, was. second year. Yeah, it was season. in his rookie year. Yeah. So he really never got the chance to play. Well, of all the players you met while you were wearing the black and gold, who do you remember the most and who did you become the closest friends with? Well, you know, <laughs> I'm friends with a lot of the guys that played because, you know, we all belong to the NFLPA. And so we get mm-hmm. together a couple times a year. We play in different mm-hmm. golf outings together and so forth. But, yeah, I see guys like Mel Blunt. Of course, when Franco was around, um, you know, Franco was a terrific uh, human being. Uh, Craig Wolfley, Craig Bingham. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, we get together and, you know, have a good time and talk about the old days and so forth. But, uh, you know, in terms of actually hanging out and so forth, I don't really hang out with a whole lot of people other than my family. Sure. You know? well, nothing wrong with that. Because there's only so so many hours in a day, Harv. And when I was working, I went hard every day for 11, 12 hours a day, you know. So you've got to prioritize where do you spend your time, what do you do. And and the other thing is I I like to – I live a life where I don't really share a lot in the public. I I like Mm -hmm. to keep things personalized and Mm -hmm. internalized, you know, so – well, for for you saying that, I appreciate you coming on the show, even because uh, I've been wanting to interview you for years. So I'm very happy to have uh, you on. And hey, for a North Hills guy, we're, we we got to stick together, <laughs> hard. You know? I hear you uh, definitely. I appreciate that. Well, obviously, you still follow football today. Uh, before we came on the uh, on the show, you told me you're going to be watching football with your family today, and so obviously, you must be a Steelers fan. What are your impressions of football in general? in 2023 and your opinion, how do we get the Steelers back to the Super Bowl? Well, football in general, I'm glad I'm not playing today because I think that they have absolutely ruined what's going on with the game. Uh, 
you know, especially on a college level with all this NIL and uh, all the rivalries that have been taken away, as you and I were talking earlier, uh, I just think it's terrible. Uh, but I guess they're still making money, so they're going to continue to do what they do. And uh, But, uh, you know, in terms of the Steelers getting back on track, I don't know if there's anything magical to it. You know, there's probably some things execution-wise. They might be short a player or two, you know, that they need, maybe a new center. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, as I've always said, if you don't have a good line, mm-hmm. offensive line and defensive line, you're, ne- you're not going to win anything. Sure. And you look at the top teams that win every year. They have a good offensive line, a good mm-hmm. defensive line. Yeah. Because you could take a mediocre running back, put him behind a good offensive line, mm-hmm. he can become a pretty darn good running back. Absolutely. Yeah. <coughs> I always say that about uh, Emmett Smith. Uh, while he's the all-time leading rusher, I, I, to my own contention, I don't think he's the best running back ever. He played behind a massive offensive yeah. line. Um, could you imagine but, if you put Barry Sanders behind that offensive oh line? Oh, my gosh. Well, for me, that's he's the best running back ever. He and Walter Payton. I mean, the, yeah. those two, I think, much better than Emmett Smith. But uh, yeah. uh, so the Kenny Pickett story, I know when he came out, there was all this talk about it. His hands are too small to play in the NFL. And I said, that's the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. <laughs> uh, you can have too small of hands. Um, the kid, I think, has it. Uh, and it's just a matter of time. I think he'll come around. Yeah, I, you know, again, it's all – a lot of it is psychological too, Harv. You know, depending how these kids acclimate themselves to that league because it can be very intimidating <clears throat> and brutal because of the money involved where people yeah. don't have the patience, mm-hmm. uh, the understanding and so forth. And, you know, as we've all seen, there's been some great players that have gone to the NFL and they've turned them out. They haven't done absolutely nothing in the NFL. Sure. Absolutely. And I attribute a lot of it to really just the mental aspect of that game. It's hard. You know, when you mm-hmm. get there, it's a hard, hard game. And, uh, you know, if you're not mentally fit and up to the challenge, it can be devastating. Yeah. Well, I, I constantly say on my show that growing up in the era we did, the 70s and the 80s, those were the two best decades for sports, I think, in my opinion, of any decade. Um, and I would trade football back then for what we have today because it was so much more fun to watch back then. And the rules were less, you know, the penalty flags weren't flying right. as much. And the hitting yeah. was extremely different than what you see today. Yeah, uh, Because of the rules, it was much harder hitting game. Uh, I'm sure you can attest to that just from your own body. Oh. Well, I, and I'll tell you the other thing is I think a lot of the calls today that take place on the field are subjective, you know. And mm-hmm. like I tell people, you know, or express my opinion, I don't know how you bet on it on a game today because so mm-hmm. many calls are subjective, you know, that yeah. guy mm-hmm. goes down the field, they call pass interference. Next time he goes down, the guy's all over his back. They don't call anything. Right. You know, it's just it's just very subjective to calls. And I just I don't understand it. Yeah, I'm sure Mel Blunt would not appreciate playing in today's game. That's for sure. No, he would he would not be able to do what he was able to do back then today. 
course, as you know, they changed some of the rules as a result of what he used to do to those yeah. wide receivers. Absolutely. Well, I've reviewed your resume, Steve, your post-football career. It's impressive. Uh, you held some extremely high positions with Rico Corporation. In 2021, you were on the board of directors for RPM Industries. You've done volunteer work for the Rotary Club of Pittsburgh, served as a board member at the DePaul Institute, as well as being on the board for St. Anthony School and CLO. You still active within these organizations? And can you also provide our listeners with a rundown of what you're involved with these days? Any projects you can tell us about or any other sports activities you might be involved in? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I, I'm really doing right now is I'm still on the board of RPM Industries, um, you know, which is a company out of Washington, PA, in the uh, – they're in the pre lube market for heavy equipment like cranes and backhoes and, you know, stuff like that. But the other ones, I, when I was working, I was on the board of directors for CLO and St. Anthony's and um, DePaul and, and, you know, the other organizations. Uh, but since I retired, I, I really haven't stayed active with any of those. Uh, because when I retired, Harv, I said to myself, I'm retiring. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to continue to run at the pace I ran at when I was working. You know, I want to sit back. I want to enjoy my family. Uh, you know, I'm starting to, the kids are starting to have uh, uh, grandchildren now. Wow. So, uh, you know, that's where, where I really want to spend my time. And, mm-hmm. you know, I help mentor my kids and, you know, do whatever I can to help them out in their careers. And mm-hmm. they're both doing great. I'm really proud of them. <laughs> but. You know, as I said, when I retired, I said, I, I want to step back from a lot of this stuff. And I don't want to feel like I have a, uh, a nine to five job in retirement. Sure. Absolutely. Well, your sons, Austin and Colton, did, did they happen to follow in your footsteps? Were they athletes? And what about your parents? Were they athletes before you? No, my my mother and dad never participated at all in you know, coming up in their area in the Depression, it was a different animal, Harp. Uh, yeah. You know, and, of course, they both passed years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But my two sons, uh, the oldest one, Austin, he played at uh, North Allegheny, and okay. then he went to Slippery Rock. He played there on a football scholarship. All right. And my he had an mother. awesome career. Yeah. He had an awesome career over at the Rock. (coughs) He made All-American over there. He was a a guard and center. Yeah, he started, you know, when he was a freshman. And, you know, he he played. He was really good. He would have went big time. The only problem with him was he's only six foot tall. And that killed him, you know, because I tried to get him in over at Pitt. And once that was coaching, I wanted to say, Steve, problem is, you know, I'm getting these guys six, four, six, five. I said, yeah, yeah, but they yeah. aren't tough like him. But it worked uh-huh. out great for him at the Rock. He had a great career and great experience. And he works for a company called Workday um, okay. in sales in, in the healthcare division. So he's doing great. Um, and then the youngest one, <coughs> when he was coming up, you know, Austin, he was really tough in high school. 
And so all of Colton's friends said, oh, Colt, you got to play football, blah, blah, blah. Well, I knew he didn't want to play football. <laughs> but I let him go to the training, you know, before the season mm-hmm. started. Uh, no equipment. They were just due to running and all that, you know, to get in yeah. shape. Mm-hmm. So they were ready to get their equipment. I could see he was not happy. So I said, Colt, <laughs> you really don't want to play football, do you? He goes, no, Dad. He said, but my friends are all crazy about it. I said, you tell your friends, your dad won't let you play. There he go. says, are you serious? So he told him. Then all the kids come over to Mr. Fidel, why won't you let Colton play? I said, ah, that football's stupid. But he's a hell of a golfer, Harv. He's a scratch yeah. golfer. Wow. Oh, terrific golfer. Yeah, he started golfing. I got him involved when he was three years old. Do you ever think terrific of a player? No, he's, he's not that good. Those guys yeah. are amazing. They're at a well, different it's level. It's interesting you brought that up about Colton because another guy, a neighbor of mine, I'm trying to get on the show, and he's going to come on. His name is Dan Pelzarski. And I don't know if you know the name or not, but he also graduated from North Hills. Uh, I think he graduated after me, so it might be 78 or 79. But he wanted to make the PGA. He was an outstanding golfer. I mean, a, a, an unbelievable golfer. Mm. Um, went to Ohio State on a scholarship, uh, tried to make the PGA, and did almost made it. He almost got his green card there. Um, but so he ended up on the Canadian professional golf tour and played for years on, uh, on the yeah. Canadian tour. So he's, he's going to come back on the show, but he and I actually went to the PGA uh, championship at Oakmont country club. And I believe it was like 1974. Um, and that was the one and only time I've ever been to a professional golf tournament. Steve, I'll tell you, that was one of the most exciting events I've ever seen. I had a yeah. blast. We, we had so much fun. You went in 74 to it, Harp? Yeah. I think, you I'm went pretty sure it was 74. 74, wow. Oakmont Country Club. And uh, I got to see Johnny Miller play. Um, it came down to a one-hole playoff uh, because on the 18th green, Jerry Pate and uh, Jerry Mahaffey were vying for first place, and one of them had to make a putt uh, to win. And if he didn't, it was a sudden-death playoff, and – I remember it's a funny story because we got to the 18th green. What Dan suggested was we would follow um, a set of golfers all the way from first hole to 18th, then backtrack and follow the leaders the rest of the way in, which was a pretty mm. good strategy. So we got down to watching the, the final hole, and I got to the 18th green. They had the grandstands, and they were completely filled, and I couldn't see anything because there was no seats. I was like, oh, this is unreal. I said, how am I going to watch this? I climbed up the side of the grandstands about 18 wow. feet off the ground and peered out. And as soon as they, the guy missed the putt and sent it to sudden death, everybody went running for the first sudden death hole. So I never got to see it finish because yeah. just so many people. Were, it was a lot of fun. So that's oh, interesting. Yeah. Colton, uh, Colton likes golf. Yeah. So brought up that story. Yeah. And with Austin, you're going to have to tell him that I'm also a Slippery Rock alumni. Uh, yes, I definitely and, will tell them that, Harv. Yeah, and I still follow their football every year. And, in fact, I'll stream their games when they get to the um, the Division II playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah. This year, they're I'm sure Austin knows, but this year they're doing extremely well. Um, yes. 6-0 and undefeated. They're sixth in the country, and they just blasted Mercyhurst College a week ago. I think it was 75-20. to Yeah. So yeah. they've got a very good team. So yeah. let's make uh, – Austin really happy, but that's really cool. That's something I didn't know. So, um, yeah, that's that's really neat that uh, his father went to high school with me, and his son went to the same alma mater as I did. Same school. Absolutely. I 
Very cool. Well, I want to thank Steve Fidel for being a guest on Total Sports Recall. I must admit to Steve, uh, for years I wanted to interview him, and I did follow your career as I stated closely and as a fellow North Hills High School graduate. I think I can speak for other alumni that as a former Indian athlete, you have made the school very proud, reached some very high goals, and you're always welcome to come back to the show, and I would like to have another show with you if you ever want to. And Do you have any parting thoughts for our listeners? No, Harv, I appreciate it and always glad to uh, help out a former alumni. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you having me on the show and wish you nothing but the tremendous success. And, hey, hopefully we could do another show down the road and I'll get some of my former players from Pitt to join me. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we can definitely do roundtable uh, using this platform so we can all come into this studio and we can do a roundtable. Yeah. It would be a lot of fun. Um, it'd be very absolutely that's something we'll have to work on well for total sports recall this is your host harv aronson and next week there will be yet another episode of the show several sports people have been booked for interviews for the show and announcements for those can be found on my twitter page using my handle at tsrhar 59 you may also reach me with any comments or suggestions by emailing me at total sports recall at gmail.com be sure to visit my youtube channel total sports recall and my website total sports recall.com for Steve Fidel, this is Harv Aronson, wishing everyone a great week. In closing, a special treat, Steve Fidel's college alma mater, the University of Pittsburgh marching band playing Hail to Pitt. Contents of this podcast does not represent the opinions of others and is solely the opinions of Harv Aronson based on his experience, knowledge, and research.